Joining us now, our good friend, Mr. Al Bad. Hey, Mr. Al, how's it going? It, it's going good. You know, I, I do breeding bird surveys, and I'm uh, uploading them uh, to uh, to the uh, federal government, the proper place there, and my uh, keyboard is bulky, I guess would be the right thing. I'm doing it on a tablet, and I got one of those uh, keyboards that is attached to the case, and it only wants to work, oh, I'd say about a <laughs> fourth of the time or a third of the time. So, uh, you know, it's something I'm sure my grandfather had to go through these same things with his keyboards <laughs> on his tablets back in the day. So it's, it, it, I'm sure he would say nothing is easy. Nothing is easy. Do, do you take I, those I, tablets out in the woods with you when you do these these uh, surveys or whatever, or do you come I, back and write it all at home? Yeah, I do it all here, so oh. I don't take anything along. Uh, what I take along is one of those little recorders, mm. uh, and I'll try to write everything down, but I still talk some things in there because it just makes... i got three minutes to... To see all the birds I can see, and mainly I hear things, so I'll, I'll use one of those little digital recorders and then transcribe it, so to speak, into numbers when I get home. And I had a good time. I do uh, steel, freeborn, and Mauer counties, and uh, always have a good time. Saw a lot of, uh, or heard a lot of sandhill cranes, more than I've ever heard on my breeding bird survey. There were some birds I heard less of. Uh, one place where I'd hear uh, grasshopper sparrows or maybe savanna sparrows, there are wind turbines there. And whether you love them or, or hate them, they do uh, make a little bit of noise when I pull in there, and it will knock out the sounds of the grasshopper sparrow, which is a, a real um, high-pitched sound, and that big whooshing sound just to wipe that out. So I've been doing this for so many years. I've seen so many changes come there uh, in the landscape, and there are more wetlands in some areas. Uh, people on my route have been really good in putting in ponds and these sort of things. So it's great. I had a green heron. I think it's a first green heron. It's not a uncommon bird, but I'm doing all farm country, and uh, I just don't see green herons out there very much. And I had one this year. Uh, trumpeter swans in the past, I would not have seen those, and now they're pretty regular on that. I guess a number of red-headed woodpeckers so it's a fun thing to do i just look forward to it start at 502 in the morning and you make 50 stops and uh, the traffic wasn't too terrible this year so sometimes i get a lot of uh, oh trucks and tractors and things that make it a little difficult to hear but oh, man it was great fun and i had great fun on the pelican breeze on sunday uh, there was we had a full boat and it rained oh. about as hard as it can rain when we're out there, but we have a roof, and uh, so uh, nobody melted, I guess, was a <laughs> big part. And I I don't, I think I got as wet as anybody, and I really didn't get wet at all, a little sprinkle. But it, we had to move some chairs and things around to kind of get out of, uh, out of the, when we turned a corner, so to speak, with the boat, then you get a little bit of water coming in. So other than that, it was wonderful. I just had the best time. A lot of great people, uh, Colorado and Winona, Blooming Prairie. Uh, oh, where was the one family? They were from, I can't remember what, Michigan. A bunch of folks from Michigan. So had a great time. 
And June, man, it's almost gone. June, we hardly knew you, and now you're leaving us already. I, June brought, June brings greening and growing, as sung in carousel. June is busting out all over. So it, uh, man, I, I really liked you, June. So I'm sorry you got a little hot for us there for a while, but now you're kind of making up for it by dumping some water on us. I watched a, an American kestrel take a house sparrow from a roadside. Gail and I saw it. It just came down. Whew, got him that quick. A lot of folks are uh, asking. I've got a lot of photos from people saying, what in the world is this bird? It's a young starling. And young starlings, they have gray-brown plumage. And they're, they're a handsome bird. I'm hearing cuckoos calling again today, and these rain crows will feed on tent caterpillars. And I'm sure in where brood X or brood 10 is, they're eating cicadas, too. <laughs> there are eight, there's a little over 800 whooping cranes in the world. And I was thinking about that this morning. I've been fortunate enough to have seen them in four local counties as they move through. And it's just, I've seen them in Freeborn, Waseca, Maurer, and Steele counties. And the ones I've seen have been all wired up. If they were in a, um, a detective show, they would be wearing a wire. So they're all kinds of radio um, detectors that determining where they're at. So uh, I wasn't the only one that knew where these were, but it was pretty cool to see them. I have seen them in Texas also. I talked to somebody else who took a injured bird up to, uh, oh, I believe it was a wildlife rehabilitation center up in the cities, and I thought about it. I've rescued a loon, eagles, hawks, pelicans, herons, owls, ducks, vultures, geese, kestrels, a bittern, a swan, and I'm probably missing some. And none of them, I don't think, were very appreciative as I didn't receive a single thank you note or call from any of them. But I thought what I've done pales in comparison to uh, all the listeners who have called and have done this. It's just amazing the, the goodness of the people that are willing to do things like that. So thank you very, very much. Uh, baneberry, blue-eyed grass, bird's foot trefoil are blooming. Boy, bird's foot trefoil, as you drive down the road, there's little yellow, low flowers along the roads. Uh, the clovers are blooming, white or Dutch, same same clover, but just two names. Uh, red clover, when I was a kid, we had red top hay, we would call it, when it had a lot of red clover in it. And then there's yellow hop or golden clover that we find in a lot of yards. We saw in June and May, we saw a lot of thick shoots called candles that appeared at mm -hmm. the terminal ends of pine branches. And now as we drive along, there's the ditch lily, sometimes called an outhouse lily. I don't believe it appreciates being called an outhouse <laughs> lily, but I can't say for sure. It's a vigorous, I think I could say, orange-flowered daylily that finds home in our road ditches. And when I spot them, I sing a corrupted Beach Boy song, Ditch Lily, Ditch Lily, Give Me Your Hand, <laughs> Give Me Something That I Can Remember. And I remember them every year. They're, um, they're pretty. And when we go down the road and we see parsnip or something, wild parsnip, that we're not happy to see, and uh, ditch lily can be a little invasive, but it's still pretty and nice to see there. 
Uh, I got home late and didn't take in a hummingbird feeder one day, and a raccoon uh, took it down for me. And the raccoon removed, it has those little tiny plastic flowers, or six of them on this feeder, and it removed all six of them didn't injure any of them that I could see. There's little yellow plastic flowers, and it removed them from their cavities and then slurped down the sweet water. Uh, Gail and I watched a deer towering over the cornrows. Deer are crepuscular, which means they're active in the twilight of dawn and dusk. If you want to see an insect, where do we look? Look at a flower is really a, a good place to see insects. I've been looking at them. Uh, the butterflies I've seen recently, monarchs, tiger swallowtails, blues, sulfurs, skippers, black swallowtails, fritillaries, cabbage whites, and crescents. I'm not always really thrilled to see the cabbage whites. They're pretty little white flowers, or uh, butterflies, but they... They will put things on garden, um, those little green caterpillars mm -hmm. that we're not so happy to see. The swallowtails are our largest butterflies here, but the largest, the giant swallowtail, I, I would say, is uncommon. I just don't see many of them. June is a big month for big moths, so the spotted light brown polyphemus is named after polyphemus, the giant cyclops from Greek mythology who had that single large round eye in the middle of his forehead. And they're named that because they have these large eye spots in the middle of their hind wings. It has a four to five inch wingspan, Polyphemus. Uh, Cecropia has a five to six inch wingspan. It's reddish brown. And a luna moth, oh man, is green with a three to five inch wingspan. Somebody told me the other day they've seen a luna moth, but only in some kind of TV commercial for some uh, pharmaceutical product. So it's the only time they've ever seen them, but three to five inch wingspan. Uh, spittle bugs, they have this protective covering resembling soap suds or spit on a plant, and it looks as if a baseball team had been there. <laughs> Hot, dry summers make for large populations of box elder bugs in the fall. The insects are most abundant in years when May is warm and July is dry. So we'll see how that works out. Uh, Dawn liquid soap and water is an effective way to use on the harmless bugs if you find them annoying. Uh, mosquitoes bothering me now as I gather raspberries. I wish I just wish they'd leave me alone while I'm getting raspberries. I wish we could have a truce and we can get raspberries. And then once I get the raspberries, then you can come at me. And my memory tells me, you know how memory tells us things sometimes? We're just thinking about something else. My memory tells me that I noticed the first big batch of mosquitoes around Memorial Day each year. I'm seeing a lot of ebony jewel wings. They're beautiful damselflies. In good light, they appear a bright metallic green or maybe teal blue, depending on the angle of light. But I usually see them in the shade here, and there they're black. Uh, Bald-faced hornets build that iconic gray football-shaped nest in trees. A neighbor called them bullwas when I was calling up, or calling up, growing up, and they're prolific eaters of deer flies and horse flies, so you got to like the bald-faced hornets. Uh, we 
over at the Mankato Farmer's Market, a fun place to be, and a vendor told Gail that apple cider vinegar discourages rabbits, and you soak the items. Uh, Corn cobs or rags work well in vinegar for a few minutes, and then you place them around the garden, but you have to re-soak them every week, or I'm sure after a heavy rain or even a heavy dew maybe or fill a spray bottle with half water and half vinegar. I know apple cider vinegar is also effective at repelling ants, so you see a lot of ants, you maybe spray that. Uh, Brad Abendroth, so an Acadian flycatcher in Wasika County, he's saying, hearing numerous pizza, which is a call. They're always calling out for pizza. Uh, this is a courthouse park in Wasika County. Yuri, Yuri Justin of Allendale, talked about the uh, oh hard impossible for her to kill nuisance animals she said i'm i'll shoe a fly or catch it in a coffee cup and release it outside no killing is no killing the only time i had to go against my no killing conscience was when i discovered norway rats in my apartment in minneapolis yeah i i understand that uh yuri yuri's a wonderful person uh, Mark Heineman of Albert Lee lives on Pickerel Lake, and he said, boy, so many cormorants this year, it's incredible. Daniel Otten of Hayward said, service berries are just loaded, and uh, so are a lot of raccoons. Uh, they're, I don't know if they're loaded, but he is, <laughs> his yard is loaded with them. Uh, Deb Kennison of Ellendale seeing Sandhill Cranes. Paul Sukanek, I'm going to go with there. I hope that's close to your name, Paul. I got the Paul part right, I'm sure. Franklin's Gulls at Arrowhead County Park. That's on Freeborn Lake. Micah Rona said, I live near Minneopa Golf Course, just outside of Mankato. On June 26th in the morning, I was surprised and delighted to see a western tanager feeding on my suet feeder. It was a suet flavored for Orioles. He was going from the feeder to the white pines and back, eventually taking a bath in the pond before flying off. Earlier in the year, a friend who lives near here called and said he had two scarlet tanagers. I raced over and was able to see two beautiful scarlet tanagers with their vibrant red popping in the sunlight. Boy, that's describing it well, Micah. They do pop, those colors. Only been blessed to see the scarlet tanager twice before. The first time was up north somewhere. The second was at Myrie Big Island State Park. Sorry I didn't get a picture. Maybe someday I will buy a phone with a camera, but I doubt it. (laughs) I really enjoy listening to you on KMSU. Well, thank you, Micah. I enjoy you listening. Uh, James and Tony Pershmacher of Albert Lee have nesting house finches in a wreath and they found punctured eggs. Uh, House finch eggs are a pale bluish green, and there's a number of birds that could have done it, but it's house wrens would be a likely culprit, and they will poke holes in it. Why do they do that? Well, it does them no harm to poke the holes, and then they are, um, it's resource conservation for them. Uh, If they eliminate competition, then they just have more food and area to themselves. Uh, Gary Seth sent me a photo of a pelican party on Freeborn Lake. 
Kent Gernander said, I saw a female gross beak paired with a cowbird the other day. They flew to a feeder where she fed seeds to the cowbird. Then they flew to a tree where they flitted about playfully. I hadn't seen this behavior before, but see it mentioned on the Internet with some photos of the feeding. Yeah, it's a, it's a mama gross beak, being a good mama, feeding a baby cowbird. Uh, Bob Williams saw a laughing gull in Lesseur County, a peregrine falcon, and an American widgeon in Sibley County. Gerald Hoekstra saw a Bell's Vireo in Rice County. A uh, good friend Robert Jansen was in uh, Wasika County, and he saw a western kingbird and a northern mockingbird also at Courthouse Park. I love Courthouse Park. Uh, Tom Bovers in Rice County saw a yellow-rumped warbler. Ronald Erpelding in Watnwan County had a white-rumped sandpiper. And Dave Bartke in Wasika County saw a solitary sandpiper. And Tim Scott sent a note. He said, I can't believe how much butterflies and moths have disappeared. I've collected or watched Lepidoptera since I was nine years old, so that was just five, six years ago for Tim. <laughs> I haven't seen a fritillary in 15 years and many other species, and I know how to find insects. Species gone in much fewer numbers. We used to mount a large white sheet covered with sugar syrup or maple syrup, put a couple spotlights on it, and come out around midnight and collect the best of the species on the sheet. We get Cecropias, Polyphemus, and Luna moss, and a couple hundred other insects. It was like Christmas. In the end, I threw the sheet away. People can try red clover fields or thistle patches that are blooming, and you get to see a lot of great insects. I don't kill them anymore. I just take pictures. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. And I've, I've done this a lot in Texas and Arizona where they put up uh, oh, mist nets, I guess would be the... Uh, the best way to describe them, really small nets with tiny, tiny microscopic holes in them. And then they'd put uh, light out there. And then we'd go out at midnight or one in the morning and look at to see what kind of moths and insects that had collected there. So it was a, a fun thing, and we tried not to hurt too many of them. Uh, Tom Belshin of Glenville. Uh, Tom said he's he's a golfer on Wedgwood Cove in uh, in Albert Lee, and he sees so many cormorants flying over. So this would be not far from Pickerel Lake that uh, Mark Heineman had inquired about. And he's wondering what in the world are they doing flying back and forth? You know, John Milton in Paradise Lost describes Satan as having sat like a cormorant on the tree of life, plotting the downfall of Adam and Eve. I don't think these cormorants are doing that. What they're doing is going fishing. They're roosting at Pickerel Lake and probably fishing there, and then they're flying over to Elverly Lake or Fountain Lake or somewhere to go fishing. Despite the bad press cormorants got in John in Paradise Lost by John Milton, they have really benefited from DDT. Studies have found uh, 90% of the fish they consume are 5.3 inches or less in length and weigh an average of 4.2 ounces. And these birds, cormorants are amazing. Uh, they don't shed water off their back like a duck. We always say, well, it ran off him like water off the back of a duck. 
these guys, they, they soak up the water, which probably helps them going down in the water and hunting. And they can dive 5 to 25 feet for 30 to 70 seconds. So they can be down there quite a bit. They don't dive as deep as loons, but it could be a problem I could see in bait fish ponds. So people that uh, sell bait and they have these ponds and they have fill them with bait fish, boy, that's just a perfect size for a cormorant. The cormorants prefer an adequate food supply within one mile, but they will fly a dozen miles for food if they have to. So it's uh, it, it's cool to see them. We have so many birds that have uh, done well uh, thanks to the banning of DDT. And cormorants, uh, pelicans, we can name so many of them, coopers, hawks. So many things like that are doing well. And I know you had a little experience, Karen, with a loon and a uh, a large bird of prey on your vacation. Yeah, we, we were up north, and uh, it was the Lower Cut Sioux Lake and fishing. And as we were out fishing, we saw an eagle. Of course, they're always fun to see. There's a big nest on one of the the uh, areas where we, we were at, and it's great to see it. Well, all of a sudden, we saw a dive bombing from the sky, this eagle going down on a loon. And we thought, well, it must have babies. You know how the loons carry the babies on their back. So we kept looking and looking, and we were getting a little closer. And he dived down, and, of course, the loon immediately ducked in the water and then uh, then went away, didn't get him, and then a little bit later came back again and dive-bombed him. And there were no babies, so I we could only assume that it was going after the loon. And it was a full-size adult loon, which I thought, wow. And so we asked some of the folks who at the resort where we were at, and they said that that happens frequently. And I didn't think that, uh, I guess, an eagle, which they're fairly, they're large birds, but loons are actually very large as well. So that seemed kind of odd to us that they would go for a a big bird like that. Was it a, um, did it have a white head, the eagle, or was it a young one? It had a white head. It did, yeah, Yeah. because it's something that you think of young ones doing because they're not, Oh, you Too know, smart it's cruel yet? to say they're <laughs> yeah, it's cruel to say their brain hadn't completely formed yet. But it's true. I, you know, it's well, been a young person, but it it is odd. And there is a documented case, and I wish I could quote where it's from. I know, I think it was from Maine, of a loon killing an eagle, uh, stabbing it, because loons have like these dagger-like bills. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't want to mess with a loon. I wouldn't want to mess with an eagle either. But loons, they could do you serious harm with those things. So they, I only know of one documented case, but there is a documented case of a loon killing. And in that case, if my memory serves me correctly, it was going, the eagle was going after a young, it was going after a baby loon. Well, the the other thing I thought was, could the loon have brought up a fish and the the eagle saw the fish and was trying to get it? I I mean, I was just trying to, we were trying to think of any reason why it would go after this this loon. And, oh, great minds think alike. That was, I had under number two, a (laughs) fish. Ah. And that's why I considered a young bald eagle, because it might be coming down there, maybe after the the loon, but... Probably after it wanted to pirate a fish from a loon, but I, you know, to see an adult like that, I, that is probably more likely the case because I don't know, I don't know much of anything that would want to 
fight with an adult loon. It's those are huge birds, and again, they are weaponized. They have that gigantic, sharp dagger-like bill, and if you're an eagle. You don't want to get hurt, because if you get hurt, chances are you're a goner, unless some kind listener would uh, find a way to get a hold of it and take it to the Raptor Center. Otherwise, that uh, you don't want to get hurt. So you're, if you're going after dangerous prey, you must really be hungry. Uh, things just must not... You're, you're having a tough time, going through tough times, because I just don't know why they would do that. But again, uh, every day is filled with surprises, and that would certainly be one. I, and it was, I'm glad you got to see it. Another bird story I have is I got to pet a brown thrasher when I was up on the vacation. I pet its pet yeah, I, I pet its little head. It was so cute. It was a juvenile, and it had crashed into one of the uh, windows of, of, of a cabin and it I saw it hit and boom and, and it just kind of rolled over and was laying on the ground and I thought oh no it's dead and watched it a little bit and it got up and it just stood there and it was kind of eyes were rolling back in its head as it just stood there and so I pet the little thing you know real gently because it was just a baby and um, it was probably a good 15-20 minutes and and finally he hopped and then he went away so I don't know if he got a brain injury or it just takes that long to to kind of get your bearings about you but yeah I got a chance to pet the little thing and it was just a it was cute and it was really soft <laughs> yeah I'm, I hope it's doing well they're one of my favorite birds and I know somebody will say every bird is one of his favorites but <laughs> I really love brown thrashers I was listening to one yesterday and I just let they sing and they sing they're these marathon singers and they repeat themselves and it's just they're great mimics and i love hearing them so i hope it does all right i've um been lucky enough in my life to have had a couple of concussions and i know after that uh, i remember a doctor i was playing football the first time and i remember the doctor saying do you know what day it is <laughs> why well, I didn't know what day it was before I had the concussion, so after that. And then they hold up fingers so you can count, and I had just enough math skills to get up to, like, the three and things. But, you know, for a while you're just uh, confused, dazed, and disoriented, and I imagine they go through the same kind of thing when that happens. You just wonder what. I was just flying along, and then, boom, this happened. I don't know what happened. I don't know where I am or... I, I don't know, oh, what are those things? I, so I'm sure it's, uh, I, I just hope it does does well, and well, I'm sure it did. I hope so, too, because, you know, my sister had a, a bad concussion, and she actually uh, had to quit, had to retire earlier because of it, because it impacted her so severely. And so I just thought about that little bird, and, and thought I wished him good, good luck, because I've seen my sister suffer from it, and I, you know, don't oh. like to see things suffer like that. I had headaches. For a long time, mm. that was a big, and I got weirder. But well, you know, yeah. I was—I think I was headed down that road anyway. So, and I got the other one with a buddy, Gary Purdy from Mankato, who has uh, shuffled off this mortal coil. But uh, we were playing fast pitch softball in Heartland for one team, and then we were playing in another tournament in Albert Lee for another team. 
and they were they had the highway torn up, so we had to go down the gravel road, and uh, you know how those things go. We thought we had it all worked out, so we could make it easily back and forth without either team getting mad at us. And uh, we headed down. It was we were going to cut it just so close. So we're going down the gravel road. Gary had some old Ford convertible, and we had the top down. And boy, we were just snorting down the road. And uh, Gary hit a soft spot in the gravel and rolled it. He uh, rolled over a couple of times out into a cornfield, and Gary got uh, thrown out a little bit, and the door slammed on him. And I think he broke a couple ribs. And I got another concussion, so it was the same kind of deal. Do you know what day it is? And I was trying to remember because I'd been through that before, but I still had no idea what day it was. So I, I got that's how I got my second one. So they were they were both sort of sports related, but uh, one involved a car. So, but uh, yeah, I I feel for her. Those um, did she get headaches? So. Oh, yeah, and she has eye issues, and she gets fatigue, and so she, I mean, and and the big thing is with screens, you know, she was a a librarian, and so a lot of the time is on, you know, multimedia uh, librarian, so it's, you know, a lot on computers, so basically any screen time or in light, so she has to wear sunglasses inside, outside all the time, and sleeps a lot, yeah, it's really sad, so anyhow, I, um, you know, think of the bird. Hey, before you go, I know we're almost out of time, but I did get a nice postcard from John. And it says, it's if it's Minnesota morning, you're at the right place. I like that. And he said, last time at Dad's, which is in Andover, I pulled into his driveway after going to a store. I looked and saw two sandhill cranes about 20 feet away. I tried uh-huh. not to scare them getting out of my car. And yes, didn't have a camera with me. Kind of like when he was, you know, seeing that raven. Uh-huh. <laughs> also, on the, the County Road 5, he said, I had to slow down for a pheasant that was walking across the road. In New Ulm, he saw his first lightning bug June 18th. He says, we'll try to be back with Dad June 26th for his birthday. And some days before that, he said, from the land of polka music and sauerkraut, John. So thank you, John, for that. Appreciate that. Uh, Thank you, John. It's always good to hear from you. And thanks, everybody, for sitting on the front porch with Karen and me. Uh, You know, rural folks talk about exciting things like septic tanks. And such palaver is the language of the dirt road. Uh, Sue Steele of Albert Lee told me that when she learned her property needed a new septic system, as a biker, all she could think of was it was like the cost of burying a new Harley motorcycle. Remember, folks, heartless while we're driving past. Thanks for listening. do something wild today. Get out there and look at a bird. Thank you, Karen, as always. Enjoyed your company immensely. Thank you, Al. It's always great to chat with you. I'll be back again next week. Until then, happy bird watching. Bye-bye. All right, bye-bye. Always fun to talk with our good friend Al. Missed chatting with him last week on my vacation, but I'm sure he had a fine time talking about things with Dwayne. I think he was chatting with